Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Thanks for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Now, 2021 is about to arrive, and I'm sure that you're more than ready for it. 2020 has been rather rocky, a rather rocky road, lots of unexpected potholes in this journey of salon business. So I'm sure you, like me, are super ready for a new leaf to be turned and to write a new fresh ending to the coming year, don't, don't you think? Like I remember planning 2020, my salon had a really clear and set 2020 vision and mission that I think we set it in 2010 actually. And I remember it being so big and far away. And at the time it certainly didn't look like COVID, that is for sure. I remember as a kid thinking 2020 was going to be like the Jetsons. Uh, Now, if you're old enough to remember the Jetsons, it was a cartoon about this family. They had flying cars. It was actually set in 2062, I believe. Um, And we're nearly there, though, with the flying cars, that is. We're not too far away from that, right? Um, So I feel like 2021 really is a bit of a big deal on the back of COVID, uh, living in lockdown, elections, um, and worldwide drama, to be quite frank. And maybe you've had a, a year of feeling really hamstrung or like everything that you try has been blocked, you know, things outside of your control. And that it's been a year of overwhelm with all of the things. But I also think equal amounts of connection, people slowing down, rethinking um, on what we care about and the world slowing down a little bit with a new outlook. Well, I do hope that we hold on to what we've learned in 2020 and take this into 2021. It just wasn't a sort of a fleeting thing that we just slowed down for a short time and we're back to uh, 100 miles an hour, you know? Um, And I think to do this, we have to actively do this with intention because unless we do, we're just gonna have another year of floating around on the waves wherever the tide takes us. Like, honestly, I think we have the power to choose where we want to take 2021. So I encourage you to come on the journey with me, grab a warm, cozy drink or a cold, fresh drink, maybe a snack and a notebook and come on this journey with me to plan 2021 and get intentional. Let's make it epic and truly level up, not just another year of lost dreams due to conditions that are ultimately out of our control, right? This is gonna be your year. So before we look at the five things that you should be thinking about to level up in 2021, I have a treat for you. I have created, in true Salon Owners Collective tradition, a 2021 Momentum Focuser for you to get a head start on the year. And yes, I want you to get a head start now. Now, potentially, you're still in the Christmas cray-cray. Or maybe you're listening to this in the new year, but I, I believe it doesn't matter I think you should do this now because by the time you get through Christmas on the floor and the Christmas cray cray, uh, the new year period and the rest where we 
comatose on too many drinks, too much good food. Um, and then we slowly ease our way back. Do you know what it's like when you've been on a holiday? You don't want to come back as much as you love your business. By the time that we actually make time to sit down, if you do make time to sit down, let's face it, most people don't. It's already well into February. And before you know it, uh, it's March and the first quarter of the year is gone. And that only leaves you three quarters of the year to get shit done. Now, most of us drop everything at the last few months of the year. Like, let's face it, November, December, we kind of drop all the other stuff, the doing stuff, uh, and we just focus on Christmas. I'm not sure if that's right, because that really leaves us six months, you know, six or seven months of the year to do 12 months worth of work. And then you wonder why you're not growing as fast as you'd like. Uh, so I believe now is the time get the head start so grab the 2021 momentum focuser it's free i made it for you and you can print it and follow along with me like let's do this together so i'm going to pop the link to get the focuser on the show notes uh, of this podcast on www.salonownerscollective.com or you can just jump into my facebook group proper profitable successful salon owners you can come into my facebook page you can find me on instagram salon owners collective you can dm me pm me smoke signal me uh any which way get in touch i'll get it to you far too easy you can print it out actually what you should do is pause this podcast go and grab it now print it out and let's do this together you ready all right, have you got it? Are you back? Because <laughs> if you're back, then I want to talk about the first thing that you should do. Uh, and I believe that you need to look back to move forward. Let me tell you what I mean. Many of us, tell me if this is anything like you, take action without planning. Now, I know I was guilty of this. I was this person. And I wonder, are you, were you just diving on a whim or an idea, fancy idea, and you just start? Like, oh my God, I've had the best idea. It's going to change the world. Must start now. And we start and we work it out along the way. Well, I used to think that was my superpower, right? I'm just an action taker. But no, 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 no. This can often result in stress and overwhelm. Uh, when you're unprepared for the challenges that ultimately the growth can bring, like growth breaks things, right? Now, good friend of mine, no, not really. Benjamin Franklin once said, by failing to prepare, we are preparing to fail. And I believe many fail because they do not take the time to think ahead and plan for success. This is a discipline. For me, I had to learn this discipline, right? A plan, without a plan, you've got no roadmap to tell you which route you should take. Uh, there's no clarity on which way you should go um, from where you are to where you want to be. There's no tour guide along the way to tell you how to get there. Now, interesting fact, did you know that only 8% of people actually have a plan? 8% of the population even have a plan and have a goal and a direction for their life, let alone their business. And only 3% of the population actually write it down, like WTAF. Honestly, like which percentage of the population do you want to be part of? That's my question to you. Uh, those that uh, are masters of salon ownership and have successful salons are definitely in the top 8% and are definitely in the top 3% of the population for sure. So planning ahead uh, is an important aspect of the dream achieving process. By planning ahead, you become proactive. You foresee issues or roadblocks that may come your way and therefore you can plan the actions to avoid the roadblocks or you can foresee it and so you face them confidently, 
right? Imagine actually achieving the goals that, you, that you're creating right now. Imagine that. Like imagine, just take a moment and imagine what it would look like if you actually got to the place that you really want to be. So I think in order to plan for the year ahead, you need to get super clear on what's been going on in the last year, not what happened out in the world, you know, but how you dealt with the things, the good things and the not so good things. Uh, I think we can learn so many amazing, uh, amazing lessons from doing this. And if you want to work towards new goals in 2021, grow your salon, gain more freedom, um, create more profit from your business, then with intent, of course, we must look back and discover how far we've come because it's going to give us the confidence and the momentum that we need to move forward onto bigger things, different places, uh, maybe than we've ever imagined before. Uh, and when we look back at what we've learned, we can bring some of that new learning into our new year and build upon it and truly make 2021 amazing. And I think it's going to help you get clear on not only what you actually want from your life and from your business, but help you create some clear goals and objectives so you know when you get there and what to say yes and no to. So to actually make your life and business amazing this new year, you can't just know and wish, know what you want and wish for it, right? You need to get super clear on the action step, break it down um, on how you're going to achieve them. So let's begin this together. Now, did you stop before and get the 2021 momentum focuser? Uh, I suggest that you do. Make sure you print it out and follow along with me uh, and we can do this together. So how do we look back to look forward? So there are four areas to visit, review what worked and also what didn't work and what you learned. So my suggestion is that you go through all four of those areas and take your time to fill out the whole box. I've created a little bit of space for you. And the true meaning of brainstorming or brain dumping is to just write. Whatever comes to your brain, take a little bit of time, think back through the year at the things that worked and that didn't work and what it is that you learned out of that and get that on paper. It's super powerful. So that is your first task, is to pause now and just sit on the quiet and have a think through and go through that process and um, commit to the discipline of taking the time to do that first. Then we're going to step into uh, action step number two, which is what got you here won't get you there. Hey, hey, it's me here, Larissa here, just popping in to talk to you about something interesting. Don't worry though, we'll get back to the episode in just a sec. But for now, I wanna ask, do you feel like 2020 has been a super rocky road, like lots of unexpected potholes in the journey of salon business? Well, maybe you felt deflated, overwhelmed, and that the stress is starting to seep into every aspect of your life. Well, I wanna give you a fresh start in 2021, a chance to rewrite your own ending, take matters into your own hands, and actually be the one who decides to go for it and take a leap and make a change in your life and your business. Now, if this sounds like you, let's chat. I'd love to help you level up your business in 2021 and bring a new chapter, a chapter of success. So if you wanna find out more, then just DM me, PM me, let's chat. And you can tell me a little bit about your salon, your team, your goals. Let's see if we are a good fit to work together. Let's make a plan for you. All right, let's get back to the episode. Okay, number two, what got you here won't get you there. Now, I believe there are three stages 
stages in your business growth journey. And I'm wondering what stage that you are in. So, so far you have found out what works and what didn't work over the last year. You have much to learn, I'm sure of that. Uh, this though is going to show you not only what you should continue to do, lots of people do great stuff, right? But for some reason, we forget to continue to be consistent with the strategies that actually work. Instead, we go off in search of new stuff all the time, shiny objects. Then at some stage, we think back and we go, oh, whatever happened to that cool thing that we did once? It was awesome. Why did we stop? We also need to learn the lessons that didn't work and tact our strategies that we until we actually find something that works. Too often we say, oh, that didn't work, and we give up rather than continuing to improve, continuing to improve. I call it the 1% strategy, but like keep moving the 1% until it works, if it's a strategy worth holding on to, that is. But I also believe that as our business grows, we should be focusing on different things at different times of our business. And I think the mistake we often make is that we try to do all the same strategies throughout the whole journey of our business, from the beginning, the middle, when we become really established, when in fact we've grown up and what got us here will in fact, uh, will not get us to where we are going, to where we want to be. What, what got us here will not always get us to the next step. And we look towards big established businesses and we think, oh, I must, I must do the strategies that they're doing, must do that, or those with big, huge followings. And we spy on what they're doing and we ask them questions. Uh, and so we try to do that, be that, but we're just not ready yet because we haven't done the things that we sh should be doing at our level of business or the things that those businesses that we look up to were doing when they were small. And we wonder why when we grow, it feels messy and feels out of control and we feel overwhelmed. Or we get to the next level and we keep doing the things that we used to do when we were smaller, younger, less established. And we wonder why we're so confused uh, in business and we find business hard. So I want to suggest that the size of your business uh, in terms of your team, uh, in, in terms of the volume of clients that you serve, and of course, sales and income, uh, and also how long you've been in business really should determine what you should be doing and when you should be doing it. Are you with me? Are you with me so far? So let's explore this idea together. So when you first start out, uh, you were a stylist or a therapist uh, and probably working for somebody else, or maybe you went and rented a small space somewhere. And your focus at the time was to perfect your technical skill, to become the artist, to become the the technician and to be really good at your craft. You explored client care and worked on your delivery. Uh, you learned to sell to your clients and you learned to upgrade to your clients and you learned amazing time management skills, how to price properly, build a list of clients who love you and of course return to you because, well, because of the other things that I just mentioned, right? Um, but how much can you do on your own before you're absolutely uh, maxed out three four if you're a rock star five six k uh but you know we're great at what we do so we get completely booked out and then and then for some crazy reason we decide to have our own business and grow a team but when you're the the stylist or the therapist there's a really clear focus on what you need to do it's your client how you serve your client 
looking after your client. Then we decide to go and get a team. We have this crazy moment where we decide to employ people and you find yourself with a team, maybe two, maybe three team members and your income grows maybe from two or three K and now we're up to four, five, six, maybe seven K uh, depending on your pricing. And once you have your first one, two or even three employee, of course the, the focus changes. Now you know how, now you need to know how to employ humans. You know, the right people, not just anybody, the right people and have a process to do so. Uh, you need to know the legal stuff. You need to be able to attract clients to come to your brand, your team, because you can't rely on your own recommendations and reputation anymore because you're already booked out yourself. Um, and if you're relying on that, they won't want the team. So you have to become a marketer. So now you need to become an HR person, you need to become a marketer, and you have to be able to lead a team to be able to sell, to upgrade like you can, serve clients and follow the service delivery system that you want them to follow. Otherwise, all of the clients are going to want to come to you and you're full already. <laughs> uh, and now you have a team. And if you're not careful, you're out front and they're sitting out the back. And in a business this size, is too small to afford to have non-productive employees sitting out the back on their phones. You must focus on them and you must grow. Now, if you manage to pull this off, you can become the marketer, you can become the employer, you can become the leader to create a culture of winning to, to sell. Uh, now, if you can pull that off and your team continues to grow, well, first of all, congratulations. Uh, and when you nail this, uh, then, of course, this is how you grow, by nailing those strategies. Too many owners spend their time loving their clients and sending their teams out onto the floor and wondering what's going, going wrong. Serving their clients and employing people and saying, well, you're qualified, you should know what to do. Go forth and serve clients. And then we wonder what's going wrong. So if your team is starting to grow at sort of four, five, six, seven team members, you know, your income is going to be anywhere, sales income is going to be anywhere between the seven to 10K, maybe more already, um, then it's kind of like new level, new devil, right? Am I right? Uh, for you to be able to continue to grow a team from four to five to 67, um, I'm absolutely sure what got you here is not what's going to get you there. You can't just rely on sales and marketing strategies alone for long. And if you focus on recruiting, sales and marketing, um, and then your wheels, will, your wheels will start, you know, if you're only focusing on that, your wheels will start to get wobbly. And that's when they start to fall off. And you end up with a team doing what they want, when they want, and how they want it and not how you want it. And before we know it, we're pushed into a corner and then we have to feel like we're pushing back to try and scramble uh, to get the control back of our own business. And this is when we're in danger of team walkouts. Like this is something that happens in this industry. But my question to you is, well, who is to blame? Well, yep, you guessed it. It's not a nasty team. It's not them. It's actually you, my good friend. So in this phase, when we've got a team of four to seven, then this phase, we have to switch our focus to infrastructure, systems, and processes. Yes, even though the team is getting bigger, you need to turn the focus to the infrastructure of managing that, that team, creating systems and processes for that team to follow so you can keep a handle on it and get super clear on how you want 
things done here? How do you want your team to represent your brand? And it's that that'll make your brand stand out as a brand and not just as a collection of people doing a bunch of hair and a bunch of beauty stuff because consistency is what builds the brand. You need to build a team, not just of service delivery people, stylists or therapists, but people who can actually help you grow the business because no matter how cool or awesome you are, I don't believe you can grow this. You can't grow a business alone, I believe. You need to have a team that you can hand things off to, share the load so you can work on growing uh, and have great people who are great at running the daily operations. We must make room as the CEO, we must make room for what is coming. So you need to, you need a team to nurture your culture intentionally though. Otherwise it's going to evolve on its, on its own, right? And might not actually, it might not actually be what you want. And I'm not talking about just nice, fluffy, love for each other type of culture. I'm talking about a culture of winning, a culture where your team know their place in the business and where they fit into your business today, but also in the future, where they belong. Uh, a future-proof plan for them, step-by-step, step, how they're going to grow, how they're going to thrive. You want a team who can see you, your business, firmly in their plans and goals in the future. The, things that, the thing is that people leave when they can't see any future with you, more, I believe, than leaving you just because you won't pay them more. Now, in this phase, you, want, you really also want to batten down your management style, how you manage people. When they, when they perform well, and also when they're not performing well, and I mean also intentionally, like creating a system around this, um, managing people in a consistent way, because I think you'll lose the trust of your team uh, when, you're when you're everywhere and you're all over the show and you behave differently each time they have an interaction with you. Consistency is everything. Also in this phase, this is the time that you need to be thinking about your finances and putting systems in your finance, for your finances in place because you don't want to grow a business model that's broken, right? You need to know that your business is a commercially viable business. Uh, even if you work in it and on it, I like, to think, I like to think about it as if I'm going to sell it, even if you're not. But imagine this, how would an, an investor who was going to buy your business, how would they look at it? Uh, because if it's not valuable to them, then why would it be valuable to me? And even if you're not going to sell, but that, you know, even if you're not selling, that you're getting the most out of your business. I see too many owners doing themselves a huge disservice by hiding their head in the sand and not knowing the numbers. Um, and as a result, not being profitable. And what makes me sadder still is that even though they're not profitable, they're still trying to grow, employ people, open second locations. And honestly, it's pouring good money down the toilet. So if you can get your sales and marketing sorted when you're small in that one, two or three team members phase um, and get your management, your culture, your finances sorted while you're growing that four, five, six, seven, team members phase that when you hit the seven to ten team members and you're definitely 10k plus here it's time to build your management team and I reckon you can manage up to seven people max on your own um, but even that that's quite hard especially if you're 40 hours behind the chair um, and mostly if you're doing this it's probably chaos right for those of you doing that does it feel like that I'm sure so you need help 
whether that's a front of house person to take over, well, first of all, front of house, but some of the administrative, daily administrative tasks, or maybe it's a floor manager uh, who can come in and run the daily operations out, quote unquote, on the floor, because this phase is all about scale. And scale, um, to me, is a word that means growing without you being at the center. Um, you can't grow beyond this phase when you're still at the center of every daily operation, every fireball that's being thrown at you, and you living what I would call a decision fatigue life. When there's so many questions uh, and decisions coming at you that you have to make, you're holding all the responsibility and you have to make all of the decisions. That's called decision fatigue when you're just like, enough already. <laughs> And this is the phase when it's time to optimize what's working and get it into a systematic process so you can run your daily, weekly, monthly, and even your yearly schedule, not your personal schedule, the business strategies on autopilot, like no longer needing to remember everything yourself because you can't scale your brain, right? Um, but you can scale a team and you can scale structured systems. So it's time in this phase, when you're getting to around that seven to 10 to 13 team members, it's time to double down on what's working, optimize what's not working and refine, refine, refine. So the summary of it all is that we get ourselves into a state when we work on the wrong things at the wrong time. Imagine we're trying to work on scaling when we've got two or three team members and we don't have our sales and marketing sorted. And we're trying to work on systems and processes when we don't even have four columns. And our people are sitting at the back and we're trying to create systems and processes to deal with people sitting at the back. This is the wrong time. We should be focusing on sales and marketing so they're not sitting at the back and refining our team members. Imagine we got to a team of seven or eight and we haven't dialed on how we attract clients or how we actually serve our clients and upgrade and have a good retention rate. That's just letting, it's like having holes in our bucket. So the goal is then to bed down and nail each phase before you move on to the next growth phase. We get ourselves in hot water when we move to the next phase and we don't have the first bedded down as a systematic approach and we know how to do our business for that phase. That's when we start to juggle more, too many balls. That's when we get into overwhelm. Uh, and that's how we grow and, and recede back and we grow and we recede back and we wonder why we can't get past that next level of growth. Sometimes we have to go back to an early phase and retrofit our phase. Sometimes we have to go back, we might have a team of seven or eight or nine and we have to go back and sort out some of the things that we should have sorted out at the early phase. So what I want you to do is go grab the 2021 Momentum Focuser and let's find out which stage that you're at. I've made a super simple sell on growth and grow and scale chart. And I want you to see exactly where you are, where you are at and where what you should be working on in 2021. Because I see so many owners working on the wrong things um, for where they're at in business or working on too many things at once and then wondering why they're feeling overwhelmed, why uh, momentum has, forward momentum has stopped, why they had a growth ceiling and can't get past a certain stage. Uh, that, you know, that feeling of two steps forward and then it's two steps back. So I did some research actually just the other day with salon owners that I work with uh, and I have worked with over the years 
and I, I learned a thing or two and I thought I'd like to share it with you actually. Um, I did some research on the average income of salons based on the number of hours that the owner, the CEO, works by the hour on clients. So this was really interesting. Um, so let's start, let's start at the bottom. Those who were working 40 to 50 hours on the floor. I did some research. Now, interestingly enough, the average was $308,000. Now, within this group, there are a few anomalies. Uh, big teams, high income, but those owners completely out of control, control overworked, overstressed, and really just are ready to quit. Like, let me out now. <laughs> Help me, Rhonda. But on average, the average average owner working that volume was only making $308,000 per annum. Now for those working, uh, this was about the same, those working tw uh, 20 to 30 hours a week on the floor or 30 to four hours on the floor. Now their average of the whole business turnover was $415,000 a year on average. Um, so that's the owner working at least or more than half of a full-time um, job on the floor. Now, the business owners working 10 to 20 hours serving clients, their annual turnover for their business on average was $518,000. Now, for the group of uh, salon owners who were working zero hours on the floor, making zero money from serving clients directly, their average turnover was $765,000 a year. So that's really interesting to me. The less that the owners are working on the floor serving clients, the more their business was making. Now that's really interesting to me because this was exactly my experience, my personal experience. Every time I took another day off the floor, my business grew dramatically and sales increased dramatically and very quickly because I had the time to invest back into my business. So I thought you'd like that, uh, like that sort of, uh, that insight, I guess. And for me, it was really validating to go, well, it wasn't just my experience. This is the experience. Uh, there's always anomalies to this. There's always people that are the outliers that buck the system and, you know, make thousands of dollars, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars and work 50 hours a week on the floor. But, but I tell you this, I know those people have another person behind them, another person running the show. So anyway, I'm really keen to hear what you make of this data. Uh, and let me know where you are right now. I'm really interested where you are, what your experience is, and uh, if it's different to, um, to the research. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I absolutely loved our chat. I do appreciate it. And just remember, if you want to chat about your business and see if I can help, find me a messenger and look forward to chatting to you then. Otherwise, I look forward to connecting with you again in your earbuds. Same time, same place next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.